A battle to the death. Classic albums clashing till there's only one left. A killer contest, but before we get to it, there's rules to the scheme. So let me tell you how we do it. Eight classic albums, one classic year. Draw them out the hat and chew the fat right here. We rate them, we slate them, discuss them and debate them, analyze the beats and quote the lyrics verbatim. When all is said and done, we put it to the vote and tell you which of them is won. Then it's to the semis and the final for the final cut set or CD. So who will it be? We going all in, so on the sound of the whistle, let the games begin. Them hot World Cup, wreck your shot. To the hit, the hit, the hop, you don't stop. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop World Cup, the podcast that pits golden age hip hop albums against each other in a contest to find the ultimate champion. I'm your host, Danny Phillips. And joining me in our state-of-the-art studio, 60 feet beneath FIFA headquarters in Zurich, are Steve Hitchcock. How are you doing, Steve? I'm good, thanks. Hi, everybody. Good. And James Larry Luscombe, how are you? Hello. Oh, yeah, good, thanks. Good. Right, so the year we are looking at in this episode is, well, it's not a year, it's two years, actually. Uh, we've combined two years together for this episode, uh, which is 1988 and 89. Um why are you doing that? I hear you all asking. Well, um, 88 and 89 was kind of around the time when we started to get into hip hop and we weren't sort of across all of the albums that were coming out. Um, and I think uh, we kind of struggled to put together a list from just one or the other of those years. So we've combined them all to get to kind of a better overview of that kind of era of um, hip hop. Um, the other thing was we were going to do a 1997 uh episode but uh decided that it weren't quite enough in that year either so we thought well let's go back let's go a bit more old school do an 88 89 episode where we can get some of those classic albums talked about uh guys how are you how are you feeling about this uh looking at this era of hip-hop i think just just going to what you said then i think it was mainly me and you danny that had the problem with i think yeah, steve could probably steve could, <laughs> steve could steve could struggle to put together a top 10 for any any year because he's always got so many albums that he likes from any year you can possibly yeah throw at him really well steve's a hip steve's a hip-hop scholar and he's gone back and a lot of the stuff maybe he's done his homework and he's got loads of those albums that maybe he didn't get at the time sort of retrospectively is that fair yeah. steve yeah I, I definitely definitely done that yeah i, I like going back and looking at the, the old stuff it's kind of a, a good schooling into where where hip-hop came from and i think that there are some excellent albums in both 88 and 89 so i think it's a shame we're not doing them separately same with 97. i mean yeah uh, you know, Larry, you in particular, I think that's when you kind of felt that hip hop kind of went off the rails. But yeah, I don't like don't like that era at all. There's really still some it. great albums though. There's still enough. There would still be enough to do a World Cup, but you know, maybe another time. Yeah, maybe we'll do that as a bonus episode one day, like the '97 episode, because we felt that was, that was almost enough. But it just was when we're moving away from listening to sort of hip hop as religiously as we as we had done. But yeah, Steve, I think yeah, we've fallen foul of me and Larry's kind of. Uh, lack of lack of knowledge in that area there I think um, you know. I think I think some of the ones that you know were about 88 89 I would I would like if I had known them at the time but I think like you were saying earlier Danny it's just very difficult to go back well for me and you it's difficult to go back and listen to that stuff now I, I just feel because like hip-hop was still quite um, it's quite primitive at that time wasn't it and i think mm. one, once you're used to something it's kind of like when um i don't know if you're used to used to listening to like radiohead 
like to go back and listen to like Little Richard or something is like mm. you get you get why it's good, but it's like well, I'm used to yeah. something so much more sophisticated that's based on that now. It's just quite hard to go back to that old stuff, and it's like hip hop with the old, you know, it's just very sparse and. Yeah, it, it's difficult. You kind of, you know, when you like something, when it f first comes out, you develop with it and you develop with that sound as you go along. Um, and then, yeah, jumping back to, what is it, 33, yeah. 33 years later, it's uh, a little bit difficult. But um, we've done our best, and don't get me wrong, I mean, this is making it sound like we didn't like any of the albums that came out around that time. There are some absolute classics, some absolute Definitely. amazing albums that came out. And I think we, what we've done is, by doing these two out, these two years together, we sort of condense it down so we get to talk about all the albums that we did kind of know and love while giving Steve a bit of room to explore some of his his uh, personal faves. Ladies and gentlemen, So here are the rules. Using a scientific process of shortlists and horse trading, Danny, James and Steve agree on a list of eight albums from the chosen year, which will compete for the Hip Hop World Cup. In each round, our pundits draw the albums from a hat to decide who plays who, then discuss each match and vote for the album they want to win. Albums with the most votes progress through the rounds to the final where the lads vote again to decide which album is the undisputed Hip-Hop World Cup champion. Let the games begin! How's True Score doing at the moment now? Is it all up and running again? Uh, all good? Um, we fell out this week. Oh. I'll be honest, I fitted it with a, um, you know, like these AI chips that they've got now, like the machine learning. Yeah. Well, it had like a, I fitted like a new AI module to it, thinking it would, you know, improve the overall experience. And um, when I told it some of the albums that it was going to have to listen to this week, it threw a, threw a complete hissy fit. Big Daddy Kane, and you know, and um, yeah, I agreed with it to an extent, but yeah, he he um, just didn't like it at all and um you know that bit in the simpsons where the machine sprouts <laughs> there's a telemarketing machine that home is using it sprouts legs uh, well something quite similar to that happened right. and i haven't haven't seen it since oh, to right. be honest so did all smoke start coming out of it yeah there's a massive trail of oil like a okay. mile long down the down the road all oh, right so you're um, on your own you're, you're flying solo this you've got yeah, no, yeah, you flying completely solo oh no oh in fact to uh, yeah had to improvise all right, well, let's see how we get on. Let's see how we get on. Okay, right, without further ado, let's go on and talk about some of the honourable mentions. And I don't have any because I, I only came up with uh, six to begin with. Um, but I think there are lots of albums from these two years that most people would think that we're kind of quite mad for not including. There's like loads of really big names in there, like, you know, Eric B. and McKim, EPMD, uh, BDP, Jungle Brothers, Third Base, which none of, none of which I'm kind of particularly familiar with. But yeah, I can see how it raised some eyebrows that we're not featuring them. So yeah, Steve, what, which of those uh, would, would you kind of really want in there? Well, two of my favourite albums, which, which I'm shocked aren't in here, are uh, is Slick Rick um, and uh, Cool G Rap as well, The Road to Riches. So I think those two are generally considered to be classic albums and it's a real shame they're not in this World Cup, but 
I, I do listen to lots of these and go back and enjoy them. And I think you're right, Larry, that they, they probably are primitive in one sense of the word, but I kind of enjoy listening to them in the, in the kind of context that year. Yeah. And I can, I can kind of like put that aside. And so, you know, you go back and listen to Slick Rick, for example, and it, is, it, it does definitely sound dated, but there's so much to be said for how it moved rap forward and the storytelling aspect of rap. And, and yeah. you know, he's a great rapper. And it would, it would have been really good to have that that album this year, but sadly that's the World Cup. And oh, he Rakim miss out again, and, and you know, Rakim is one of the best rappers ever, and he, and he yeah. doesn't ever seem to better make the World Cup. I think he was in one of our World Cups. That was it. It was follow. It was um, what's it? Let the rhythm hit him. We made it in, and um, I said one of those artists. It's like if we weren't into it at the time in a massive way, then we wouldn't have sort of developed that love for them would make us vote for them or include them in our in our lists now whereas you know if you polled 100 hip-hop fans yeah quote unquote uh you you'd probably find it ending up in those but you've got you know yeah like you say you're at the mercy of our weird tastes but um but there were a couple that i uh, would have liked to see included um and one of them you might laugh at but one of them's ll cool j's walking with a panther uh, no, was, I'm laughing. I, like that uh, I absolutely love that album there are so many amazing tracks and it. it's one of the first hip-hop albums i got into i think my uncle recorded it for me and and it's, it's just got so many great songs on there unfortunately there is some absolute dross <laughs> on there some he's doing his love song stuff you know, it's work, stuff that's worse than I Need Love. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're peppered throughout the album, but it's outweighed by tons of uh, other amazing tracks yeah. uh, like Nitro, I'm Dropping Them, and uh, just there's so many good, Big Old Butt and things like that. I love those tracks. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see that one. And I'm quite a big fan of um, the, the Cactus CD or the Cactus album, I'm sorry, um, as well by Third Base, which was uh, probably one of, one of mine that I would have had on my list. Um, but there you have it. So without further ado, let's talk about the eight that did make it into our Hip Hop World Cup for 889. And they are as follows. Um, unsurprisingly, Public Enemies, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Uh, NWA, Straight Outta Compton. Continuing the NWA theme, Easy Ease, Easy Does It. Uh, Ultra Magnetic MC's Critical Beatdown. Uh, Long Live the Kane by Big Daddy Kane from 88. De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising and DOC, no one can do it better. And finally, we have Ice T's The Iceberg. Uh, good lineup, chaps. Uh, you know, for, for a year where we struggled, that's not a bad lineup of albums. Yeah, it's quite a gangster dominated year, isn't it? There's there's really kind of like three NWA albums in there, all really kind yep. of grey and DOC influenced. You know, they're like the common denominator of those albums. Um, and I find it really hard to choose my favourite albums. And they are really good albums, aren't they? Uh, aren't they? But um, yeah, like legendary stuff in there. You know, not just yeah great albums, but some legendary albums in there. So it's four, make... four very formative albums for, yeah. for me in there, especially as well. Absolutely, yeah. And it's going to make it very, very tricky. Okay, so should we do it then? Should we get on with round one? Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's go on round one of Hip Hop World Cup eighty eight, eighty nine. Round one. 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 Round one.
the round one matches were drawn and played earlier today at the Stade de France in Paris in front of a sellout crowd. Um, so uh, up first out of the uh, out of the hat was uh, De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising against the DOCs. No one can do it better. Um, and in this one, it was a it was a tight game. In fact, they're all quite tight games. Uh, and in this one, De La Soul won two one. Steve, what are your thoughts on that match and that result? I yeah, I was disappointed these two got drawn together because um, I really like both of these albums and really really hard one to call. The DOC album is it's brilliant. It's a great album. He he is a great rapper, isn't he? He it was such a shame he had that kind of car crash, isn't it? And it crushed his larynx or something, so he yeah. can't yeah. rap anymore. But he has written so much stuff for for NWA and for Death Row Records. Uh, you know, uh, you know, before and after that. But before the crash, great voice, great flow. His rhymes are brilliant. You know his he's got really kind of good cadence he can change his kind of pace and he's got great breath control and so many kind of quotables you get from him and yeah. and the whole album i just love it's a great long player um there's there's so many good tracks you know it's it's funky enough it's, it's brilliant i like mind blowing lend me an ear the beat on that is just so aggressive i just think it's great and the doc and the doctor so many so many good ones yeah, it's, it, it is a good album and his flow, like let's come back to his rapping, I think I think you nailed it there. I think he's got such a real, he's got such a real control of his rapping. Yes. He's, he's relentless as well. He's like, he, he really goes for it on every track. He just sort of absolutely fires out the lyrics and uh, yeah, he's a phenomenal rapper. And he, and it, it was, and you just wonder what sort of things he would have gone on to do next. Like, because his next album would have been right, probably banging that era of, you know, FL4 Zagging and all that, and Dre yeah. would have probably produced it. Yep. Uh, you know, in, in, like he would have got even better. Um, yeah, mate, it's a shame that we didn't kind of get that. And there's um, some really good Dre production on this album as well. And I think maybe arguably this is one of the better produced of his albums in this in these two years. Yeah. In my opinion, because I, I think I just maybe I only like the kind of funkier stuff. Yeah. What do you think about Dre's production on this, Larry? Um, it's good. It's I don't think it's as good as uh, Easy Does It, if I'm being honest. Um, it's not an album that I've ever really. Um, I don't. I, I never kind of had it at the time. Um, I always remember used to, I used to get confused between uh, like the the DOC and Dr Dre. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was the Doc. Yeah. And um, neither medically qualified. No, n- neither of them. Yeah, absolutely shameless. Um, tra- trading off their um, credentials mm. for all these years. Um, I think I, I think you're right about him being like a, a really good rapper. He's technically like absolutely brilliant. Um, but for me, I think actually he's he might have done better as a solo rapper. Completely divorced from NWA because I think all the others just outshine him like as good as he is I don't think he's um he hasn't quite got the same command over things as Ice Cube, Dre or Ren mm. um, and he hasn't got like Easy's charisma so he just sort of fades into the background a bit I feel feel a bit sort of bound for him being part of that crowd almost like he's, yeah. I think he, he's sort of the worst rapper out of He's, he's not. He's not the worst rapper. He's a really, really competent rapper, but he's also the most forgettable out do you of think, all of them. I think he doesn't do sound think, as good as the other ones, does he? Just, no, he just, no, he just hasn't hasn't got the voice. He yeah. he's technically his flow is just fantastic, great. You know, lyricist, um, brilliant flow. But yeah, his voice 
just isn't quite there really. Do you, do you think so, it, sometimes he gets a bit too, not bit carried hyped. away, but it just gets a bit hyper and it's sort of, it he's, he's going bit. too fast and, and, and like ratatat lyrics is coming out. It yeah. doesn't give you a chance to kind of sit down and consider what he said. And uh, much in the same way, you know, like the entire NWA, well, most of those NWA songs are memorable because you remember them, they flow so well and they've got distinct yeah. voices. Whereas he's firing all these lyrics at you with his great technique, yeah. but it's maybe not quite as sink in quite like it should. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That, that, that's it. It's, it's just not particularly memorable for me. I, I think, you know, th there's only one track that I really love, which is the opening track. It's funky enough. Yeah. That's and the rest, the rest of them are just all sort of um, just quite a bit of filler on there and a few just completely forgettable yeah. tracks as well. I think that the grand, the grand final, the last track is basically a full NWA track, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It would, it's kind of B tier NWA. It would, you know, but it, it wouldn't be completely out of place on Straight Out Compton, like in the second half of it or something. Yeah, no, it totally fits in. I was going to say, this album is very similar in many ways to Easy Does It and Straight Out Compton. There are lots of things that, that he does in this album, certainly Dre does in this album, yeah. that, that like there's a parallel between those three albums. You can tell they were all produced at the same time yeah. or around the same era. Yeah. Um, and also, there's a chart, I can't remember which one it is. But it starts out with Dre pretending that he's left his drum machine at oh, DJ mate, Pooh's Honestly, house. there, there so, I was going to yeah. mention this. And there like, are do you so think many a, things like this they do. Do you think, A, that that's true? Uh, no. I think DJ Yeller came into that recording studio knowing full well he was going to play live drums on that yeah. song. Although, isn't that, this is on Easy Does It, isn't it? Is it? Oh, maybe. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it is because yeah. I, I, it's noteworthy enough that there yeah. are about five tracks We'll get to it where there's just this artifice of being yeah. in the studio. And I, yeah, I've kind of picked up on that as well. So yeah, we yeah. can talk about that. Let's on. talk about that when we get to it. But yeah, I'm, album, I'm, yeah. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that, because yeah, that, that one is on Easy Does It. Yeah, but, yeah. but there's probably some similar things on on the on the DOC album as well. Yeah, there is. Like I think Dre I, was prone to that kind of thing. Yeah, just pretending something's happened in the studio or, you know, insisting that DJ Yeller plays live drums <laughs> yeah. on one of the songs. It must happen at least once on this. <laughs> yeah. But I think, um, you know, those things aside, because those things they really irritate me when, uh, on a lot of it but there are some absolutely amazing there's some amazing tracks on this this album like Lend Me An Ear yeah you mentioned it Steve it's, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's such a like a, a masterpiece of sonic collage and production like Dre throws everything at this song there's so much going on you can just hear all the different layers um, it, it's just it really shows like Dre's ability to just piece tracks together yep. um I, I was listening to it trying to pick out all the different samples that he's thrown in there and like it's just there's, there's so much in there and, and that's the sort of thing he does in like a lot of the other albums and certainly you know nwa second album and things like that he just just creates these kind of densely layered kitchen tracks. sink stuff yeah it? just throws it all in there like and even just making you know just inserting a snippet of a word in when into, into a sentence yeah just the, that level of detail is i think is phenomenal and there's that there's lots of that um, throughout this this album, um, but unfortunately, there's some absolute crap on this album as well. Unfortunately, yeah. like beautiful but deadly falls foul of that whole oh, guitar, heavy metal yeah. guitar, yeah. hip hop crossover. That's quite a that's quite um, thematic of the of uh, quite a few of these albums. This yeah. the, you know, like Ice Tea, Ice Tea, of course. There's yeah. just stuff stuff with some kind of yeah heavy metal sort of guitar on it. Yeah, just, it, they they but like. They never really, apart from Walk This Way, 
for my money, they never really figured out how to cross over rap no. with guitars until really, really recently. Yeah. Like and you had like, that Anthrax and Public Enemy thing as well, which yeah, kind of... I never liked any of that, or mm. Body Count. Yeah. It, it needs to be, like, it works when it's just less obvious. Yeah. Like LP, so. like the Run The Jewels producer, he uses lots of guitarists and stuff like that, but you don't really note it's kind of just, it's it's not the main event, it's there to support other bits. Yeah. It just sounds, it sounds natural, whereas this just yeah. sounds like, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, so there's that as well, which is kind of unforgivable. Also, it's just there are quite a few tracks where it falls foul of that kind of late '80s drum machine sound, that kind of quite primitive drum machine sounding stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of 808s. Yeah, a lot of 808s and drum machine sounds, and just very sparse, just literally rapping over a beat. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't really get on board with that. I know that that was very much of the time and of the, that style at the time. But I, I do think, I mean, that it, that is true that a lot of rap of this era is like that and a lot of it i don't really like but i think dre does it better than most yeah. people yeah so yeah yeah good point um so i think you know for those reasons we've listed about the doc's album Daylar takes it i think me and you steve we, we you know we're bigger fans of the Daylar album um dr doc not quite good enough to sort of topple that album i know larry you've got some thoughts on the day yeah it should, it should be said i i was yeah. the one that voted for, for this yeah you voted for um for doc me and steve both voted for day la soul which carried it through and we'll talk about they are later on but um i think for those reasons uh doc uh was the uh, was a loser on this occasion come on y'all get locked get down so let's move on to the second match in round one, which was uh, Big Daddy Kane's Long Live the Kane versus Ice T's The Iceberg. And in this one, another thrilling encounter. Um, Ice-T won this one 2-1. Uh, I think uh, I voted for Ice-T. Larry, you did as well. And Steve, you were the sole voice giving Big Daddy Kane the nod. And there's probably going to be a lot of hip-hop fans out there in hip-hop world going, what the hell is going on? How can yeah. Ice-T Z Iceberg yeah. beat <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, yeah. who is considered to be one of the legendary figures in the hip-hop world? So let's just yeah. get your thoughts on that one, first of all. I know. I'm. I'm. I am absolutely fuming. I cannot believe you two have chosen uh, the iceberg over Big Daddy Kane's debut album because this this debut album is phenomenal. It is. You are listening to one of the greatest rappers of all time at his very very best, and admittedly, he probably had another one decent album then kind of faded away a bit. But on this on this album, he's demonstrating rapping of the very highest caliber when you compare that to ice t who's who's rapping is simplistic if i'm being <laughs> generous then i cannot believe what you, you've done i mean when 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 you look at probably all the rappers in this year he is probably the rapper that has the best flow i mean he feels kind of every single beat of the of the, of the record his flow is just amazing he can change his pace he doesn't miss a syllable there's no gaps and his breath control is just incredible and on top of that his punchlines are just amazing and we talked about voice 
he just sounds phenomenal. He's yeah, got a great voice. You just hear him, you just think, this is what a rapper should sound like. I think maybe only, I don't know, Victorious B.I.G. maybe sounds better. I, I can't think of many people that, you know, if I was a rapper, I'd want to kind of sound like this. Yeah, he's got an amazing voice. He's not, you know, he's not considered one of the, the goats for no reason. You know, he's a, just an absolutely incredible. This is what rapper. I, I cannot believe you haven't. He's just, him. he's just one of these people. I just, I never, I just missed out on him at the time. I, I can remember hearing a couple tracks of his on like the old, um, uh, the rap, like Pete Tong's rap selection. Yeah. Um, but I never had any of the albums. Um, and I've never, but whenever I've tried to kind of go back to him, it's, it's, he's he's kind of like a rackim to me. Um, I know that they're I know that they're both really really good and really kind of well thought of, but I just I don't know the beats on this for me are just quite insipid, really. I think, I think this album is more digestible than a than a rackim album. I think, and actually the beats on here, this is like Marley Marl, basically at his kind of like prime, but it's just classic eighties sound there's, there's no better way to describe it you're not yeah, gonna yeah. you're not gonna get wowed by it, it but it is classic brilliant marley marley is best and it's what's, your, what's your favorite track steve um ain't no half stepping is yeah the best on there mm. that that to me is the only good track on the album oh larry i mean i or, or the, 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 the the only one then that i can come to fresh in the year of our Lord 2021, <laughs> and and think, yeah, that's you know, that's that's timeless. Yeah, that is a great Whereas track. A, a, a lot of them, you, and it's not that you know, I haven't heard it for the first time today. I, I know that track, and the it's one of those beats that you just know because it's used by yeah. DJs when for you know use on freestyles, and when you go to kind of hip hop nights, you'll hear this kind of track being played and. Yeah sampled by other um rappers as well those little phrases yeah. from, from this but it's the it'll blind alley by the emotion sample isn't it that's one of like one of those samples you just hear time and time and time again the blind yeah. alley break it's amazing it's but, um, yeah i mean there, there there are three other classic tracks on there there's there's raw and set it off where his so. that is just incredible See, I, I've I've got I've written two comments for this for the whole of the album. <laughs> One is on "Ain't No Half Step" and it says "classic beat," yeah. and uh, for "Set It Off," it just says the guitar sample is so annoying. Ah, uh, yeah, but you've got to look past just the production here. Listen, listen to him and and the way that he kind of rhymes on it. I mean, yeah, I just can't get past that guitar. He's he's it's quite so distracting, isn't it? That guitar, yeah, actually. yeah. But but you know, when you yeah, I take your point, Steve. You know, the, his lyrics do. Should be what you're focusing on. Um, he's so traffic. full of action. He's his name should be a verb. He says it himself. He's yeah. just so <laughs> braggadocious. He's just punchlines are brilliant. If you are what you eat, then dope. I mean, that's just like amazing. You don't get that from. He's punch- got some great punchlines, isn't he? I have to say that. I, you know, when I was listening to this, I was like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good line. Uh, what's the first one on there? It's something about being like Tony Tiger. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One yeah. of the first ones that comes in, genius. And you've, but, got, um, you've got the Biz Marquee track in there, Just Rhyme With Biz. I mean, that's been like covered quite a few times. Where yeah. That's that's a classic track. I was hearing like lots of little bits that have been sampled and looped, usually by yeah. Pete Rock out of that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, Big Daddy Kane's a legendary rapper and I'm not completely, you know, against him. I've, I own a couple of his albums. One of the first CDs I ever bought was uh, his 1991 effort, Prince of Darkness, which I think I should really sweep under, under the carpet because it's not a very good album. It's, yeah. it's practically an R&B album. Um, and also I, I've got, um, you know, uh, Looks Like a Job For from 93, I think, which I loved. I loved that album. Um, but I never got into his early stuff. Like it was, as I said, it happened just before we kind of was, you know, we, we knew about these albums. And I remember, I think I did have this album on cassette and it tells you everything you need to know that I stuffed a bit of tissue paper in the little uh, tab. In the cassette. Yeah. yeah, and I recorded over it and I can't remember what I put over it. Um, so uh, yeah, because I didn't think I didn't, didn't think I had any blank tape, so I used that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't one of those ones that ever resonated with me, I'm afraid. And I, you know, I can hear, you know, it's there, there's some there's some iconic tracks on there, like we say, you know, half step in and set it off raw and all that. But I don't know, it's just not, it's just a bit bit boring when you come into it. Now. That's how I feel about it. When did when do you get into it, Steve? Um, I couldn't tell you for certain. I've, I've been listening to it for a long time, probably twenty years. Right. So it's um, I'm not new. I'm not new to it. It's an album I really, really like. Those those four classic tracks in particular. They they they're definitely on my kind of like playlist, constant rotation. I don't know. I think I think you guys like to focus more on the production. I think I'm probably more interested in the kind of rapper and the rapping. Yeah, that's fair. That's what it kind of boils down to. Like, I don't I don't dislike the iceberg, but there's such a juxtaposition between the way that Ice T raps and the way the Big Daddy Kane raps, which I I, yeah. I, I find it really hard that you haven't Yeah. If what? if if you're rating it on the rapping, then yeah, I'll, I'll go along with that. Yeah, absolutely. But what's happened here though? What's happened here is it, this album that you've put forward has come up against an album that had a kind of a formative yeah, yeah. and like a, an emotional connection with me yeah. and Larry or back yeah. in the day. And that unfortunately is what kind of earns our votes regardless of where it stands in the pantheon of hip hop or whether it's sort but of I think it, I, but, but I think the iceberg is quite well thought of isn't it yeah but i, 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 I think was so. kind of, I, I, I was yeah. assumed. i'm not saying it's a bad album i'm just saying like when you when you look at ice t and big daddy kane and you, you know you judge them on the hip-hop merits yeah most people would say that big daddy kane is better and you know perhaps perhaps the the beats on this album are more hip-hoppy and they're a bit better hip-hop beats i don't know but yeah but just you can't there's nothing you can do to fight that kind of emotional connection you have to albums sometimes steve i'm afraid and that's what's that's what's led that's to it. uh iceberg knocking out big daddy kane's long live the kane on this occasion yeah um, any any last words on it steve it, yeah even from a production point of view i think africa islam is very 80s on iceberg i mean that's yeah it, you know I, I, I just think marley marley is a much better producer from that era i know you know, I'm I'm not going to change your opinion on these albums. Unfortunately, I just uh, I'm just angry. I'm just yeah, angry. I, well, I, I I think <laughs> if I think if you kind of polled those you know um, fictional hundred hip hop fans that we <laughs> so often refer to, I think you probably they? I think you probably get like a roughly 50-50 split of these. You reckon? I think so. Yeah. I think that's I think I think they'd mm. say the same thing that Big Daddy Kane is the much more able rapper. But I think there would be a lot of affection for Iceberg. Yeah. Do you think fifty percent of them would have that kind of connection to the to Iceberg? That I think so. I, I, yeah, definitely. I think maybe. I think a lot of it might depend if if you were if you were like a few years older than us and were already into hip hop at this point. 
then maybe I think maybe like perhaps you would prefer um, Big Daddy Kane, but mm. um, Ice T had that kind of um, he's, he's, occupies a quite similar space to Easy E. Yeah, he does. Like, he's charismatic, yeah. entertaining. He's the yeah. cool kind of guy that you want to and a bit does, that says all the crazy yeah. stuff, and, stories. Yeah, about drugs and guns. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's pretty much. Yeah, that's that's Ice T's kind of audience. Stock in trade, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's um, that's match two. Uh, Ice T goes through. Third match in round one uh, saw Easy E's Easy Does It come up against the Ultra Magnetic MC's Critical uh, Beatdown, another hey. one of Steve's uh, <laughs> darlings that's uh, <laughs> on this list. Um, and in this match, it's another close one. There was there was four very close matches in this one, but Easy E took this one two one, uh, much like the last game with me and Larry voting for Easy E and Steve being the uh, the lone dissenting voice voting for Ultra Magnetic MC's. Um, let's come to you first, Larry. What was it over? Well, no, what was it about the Ultra Mags that, that sort of meant you? Didn't yeah, okay, it's just it's 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 one that I never kind of had at the time, and it's another one that I just have barely written anything about. It's got it's scored quite low from me. I don't know how. Um, I mean, the true score machine had up and legged it by this point <laughs> after after it um, you know, rated the the Big Daddy Kane album. But I think I mean I've. I've tried to replicate what I think True Score will come up with, and it's a 2.4 on the scale for this. I think for me, like I love, I really like the sound of Cool Keith's voice, um, and he's he, he's a good rapper, but he is one of those rappers to me that I just enjoy best in small doses. He's like a Buster Rhymes or somebody like that. You know, I, I like to hear a little bit of him, but a, a full album, I've never really. Um, never really been able to kind of manage that um I, I understand also why people like the beats but again they're just a bit too sparse for me um it just sounds i think miles behind like dre's stuff from this era um and yeah that's all that's that's all, all i have to say about it really well then steve let's let's see what you've got to say about this one well to start off with i think i, I found it really hard to, to to work out what was my favorite album from from these two years and in the end, I decided it was this album. And all of them, of all the albums from 88, 89, this is your favorite. Yeah, all of them. And I think the main the main reason I think is the, is the rapping. And I know I said Big Daddy Kane is a great rapper. I think Paul Keith is an even better rapper. And mainly I think because of the quantity and the quality of work that he's put out since this, this album, really, he, his flow is just incredible. He, and Larry, I know you like the kind of like nasally rappers. He's, he has got that kind of like nasally He has, yeah. Voice, yeah you're really right. Kind of different. It does make him kind of stand out. But the way he raps is so clever. He 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 he's he rapped slow. He can he can rap fast. He kind of really shoots out his raps. But he's so original. He is one of a kind. There's nobody yeah. like Cool Keith, which makes him really interesting. He's innovative. He's complex. He's he's metaphoric. It's kind of like, would we have Ghostface Killer without Cool Keith? Because the way that he just kind of like spouts out so much kind of weirdness. But yeah, 
he's just always on beat. Every single track on on this album, his his rhymes just fit fit the beats just so kind of perfectly. And again, I'm going to go back to like you, to comparing him to Easy E. You can't compare the two. Cool Keith is like in a in like he's Premier League. Easy is like Vauxhall Conference when it comes to kind of rapping. He doesn't even write his own rhymes. It's just you know he's got that kind of like I don't know kudos or shock value. But Cool Keith is a proper rapper. Easy is not really. I mean he got no Easy literally is not a proper rapper. He has right. to have his lines. He has to do it line by line, and to have I uh, yeah like they they would do it line by line, punch in and out. Um, I think they'd probably have to like like the DOC would lay down like a guide vocal first for him to rap over. Like he is not a rapper by any stretch of the exactly. imagination. And, and I, it it does kind of like hearing you talk about Cool Keith. Like all of those things you say about him are, are definitely true. And it surprises me that I don't like him more. But... Yeah, I think you I think you'd like him more if you listen to more of his stuff. Cool, cool Keith has appeared on about 20 odd albums 30 albums i mean it's just ridiculous really yeah i don't like it i don't really i don't like i know that you like you love uh, dr Doctor necologist whatever yeah i, I tried listening to that again today it's like i just don't get what people like about it just do not genius. like it the genius album but the the, the the thing i think the thing about this album that made me want to say this is my favorite album from these two years it's the album that I wanted to play at the loudest volume. And I just love like the funky samples. I just, I just like, you know, Sedgie's not the best producer ever, but you know, again, it's another kind of very 80s album, but it's a real kind of head nodder. I, and I just think this is underappreciated. I think, I think it needs to be listened to a few times to kind of appreciate it. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm just, I'm so frustrated. Fuming. So these albums don't get through. I know. I, I know it is really, really highly regarded by like yeah. proper, proper sort of hip hop heads. Oh, it's all of it's all of fame stuff, really, mm. which is, makes it all the more frustrating that you know, obviously, you haven't listened to it. I, I I wasn't there when it happened, and I didn't get to appreciate that fully when it first came out. You know, because I, I get the impression it would have probably been an album I would have loved, but it's one of those that you need to be there at the time and grow with it. Um, I just all I can do is just read the notes I made on it. Um, Say me, <laughs> yeah too old school I don't really know what that means but it's it's too old school for me Uh, and there's one good track I thought there's one really good standout track which is Give the Drummer Some which funnily enough is the only one not produced by said G (laughs) produced by Paul C Uh, and I've written Prodigy samples I heard a few uh, vocal samples on the I I, I was going to say actually he's got such a he has got such a good voice that it's perfect for sampling on stuff like that like with the old you know change my pitch up kind of that I'll take that your brains to another dimension. Yeah, yeah. that's that. Yeah. yeah. So I heard those. So those those are my notes on it, really. I just, uh, I was listening to it just like being unable to determine one track from another, um, appreciating that, you know, they're rapping in quite a, that, you know, the rapping's fairly good. And I imagine it was quite groundbreaking at the time. And, and yeah. he was probably, you know, he's obviously very well regarded. And Ultra Mags are, you know, right up there, Hall of Fame famous. But yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Um, and so, but I kind of do feel a bit guilty about voting for Easy E because it was just based on the fact I knew I know the album better. <laughs> well, I, I don't actually like Easy Does It that much. <laughs> I have to be a perfect. That makes it even worse. Yeah, me. I know. As personally as, as an album, I, I just don't really like it very much, and never have done. Um, so I, I can share my thoughts on that later on a bit more when we get to it in the semis. But um, 
yeah, so I, I do. I feel for you, Steve, really, on this one. But we'll get one of your albums for you one of these days, I, I promise. Um, uh, well, you know, oh, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, it is the World Cup, isn't it? I mean, this is what you kind of come up against. You you, put, you watch your favourite team in front of the TV and they never kind of win. It's like watching England. Exactly, exactly. Well, well put. Let's um, let's round this uh, round one up then with the fourth match, uh, which was on oh, this is an absolute heavyweight tie. I can't even believe I'm saying this as a round one game. Yeah. Uh, NWA's straight out of Compton versus Public Enemies. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. How yeah. on earth these two are meeting each other? You would want this one. to be in the final, really, wouldn't you? I think. This is your final. This is your final. So somebody is Stop going home me. early that shouldn't be. <laughs> um, but you know you can't. Uh, you can't do anything about how these names come out of the hat. You know, that's just uh, pop luck. Uh, I don't know who wants to start with this one. Um, Larry, why don't you give us your thoughts on this? Um, oh, well, first of all, I should say that um, it was a win for NWA 2-1 uh, with Steve and Larry both voting for NWA. And I went for Public Enemy on that one. Well, why don't, why um, don't you lead with why you yeah. voted for Public Enemy? Yeah, good, good point. Well... Where do I start? Okay, so I, you know, as you know, I absolutely adore NWA, but I've never been a massive fan of Straight Outta Compton. For yep. me, it's a good side. It's got side A is, a is an amazing side. The second side lets it down, and I don't think as a cohesive kind of whole project, it's as good an album, anywhere near as good as that takes Nation Millions. Yep. Um, so, Public Enemy has got absolute amazing classic tracks all the way all the way through it. You know, yep. from the from the first track, bring the noise, can't believe the hype, cold lamp with flavour, louder than a bomb. It's just all the way through to rebel rebels without rebel without a pause. Um, whereas NWA, great first half, second half is just full of those drum machine beats, quite boring, quite empty, quite sparse, without the memorability, if that's a word, of mm. the first half. <laughs> but having said that, the first few tracks on Straight Outta Compton uh, are possibly the greatest collection of songs anywhere in hip-hop for me could be, it yeah. could be the first best three tracks ever in- uh, yeah let's that, that's, that's absolutely that's that's let's not forget we're not talking about nwa now though are no we? we're not because we're not. they won but and i'm not going to go too deeply into it but that's what made it so difficult for me is because those yes amazing tracks on the first side weighed up against the whole of public enemies album that made it hard because those those tracks in end of your way are good enough to make any album amazing. So yeah, but I had to go with what is the better kind of more consistent album, and I went for Public Enemy, which I feel is more is more iconic. I think um, Bring the Noise is just one of the great. I know it's not the first opening track, but it's one of the best opening songs of all time. I do not trust anyone who doesn't know all the words to Bring the Noise. Yeah. Um, don't fully trust them as a person. If you're a hip hop head, if you know what you're talking about, you know all the words to Bring the Noise. Uh, don't believe the hype is just Mount Rushmore of hip hop songs, on all the way through, and it's got it's got that quality about it that um, I get from um, the NWA second album, where it gives me the chills as I listen to it. I put it on in the car, I'm driving along, hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. Yep. Chuck D's voice, the bits where they cut the beat out, and it's just his voice booming over at the end of a line. 
the, the you know the chaotic bomb squad production samples thrown in there densely layered um I, you know i don't have a, a clue what chuck's going on about but it no, sounds never. fantastic and all the way through i think it's actually i don't know i've, I've probably said in the previous episode that fear of a black player is my favorite public enemy album yeah I'm, I'm not so sure i think this might be i don't know just because of how the effect it has on me um just so many great moments and it's all the way through they're just absolute classics all the way through this album and you know i'm obviously i'm no i'm not alone in thinking this album's incredible it's one of it's probably considered the best album of all time would you agree and it's yeah it's kind of it, it's like it's this oriomatic isn't it yeah. that would most people would put as their yeah you know well, and well, actually, to so, that kind of ob- or, yeah, objectively, most people would, you wouldn't get a lot of argument out of people saying it's either this or Illmatic, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, which surprises me slightly that you two went for NWA because I just, I don't know why, I just thought you two both preferred the Public Enemy album. Well, I, I did, I did vote for Public Enemy first, and then I had, then I reassessed once I'd actually listened to both albums. Because my, my instinct was to go for Public Enemy just because it's more it's more serious. Um, it's you know political. It's kind of yeah political revolutionary music basically that also makes it to not just the top hip hop albums, but you'll find this in like Rolling Stones. Oh, absolutely, hundred best albums ever, like yeah. right up there with kind of you know. The best like with the beatles albums and stuff like that yeah seminal iconic you know it's beyond the rap album as you say yeah it's, it's more than I, that this is where i've got to come in because i i i definitely have kind of a personal thing going on but i just don't see that i mm. I, I i and you, you know from previous podcasts you know that i've said this before i it, it just doesn't resonate with me I, I don't get the kind of style and the vibe of, of the public enemy albums I, do, I wouldn't put them in my top 100 i wouldn't put them in my top 10 and on this album, the, ab- the tracks that you mentioned, Danny, I really like, Bring the Noise, They Believe the Hype. I like Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos, and that's a great track. And I love Rebel Without a Pause. And, and when it's when Chuck's kind of like rhyming like he is on there, I think, yeah, this is great. Mm. But I, don't, I just, if I'm being really objective, I just don't think he raps like that all the time. And I think people kind of get on the public enemy bandwagon. And, and actually, I don't think they're as great as they're made out to be. I, I, I hate to say it, I'm just not. I'm, I'm not. I sort. I sort of know what. I, 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 I know what you're getting at, but I think when you when I think about tracks like um, Court, can I get a witness? I think he's great on that. Yeah. Um, she watched Channel Zero. Another one of those guitar bass heads. Blackstone, you know, chaos. He's so good incredible. on this. Just she watched Channel Zero, another one of oh, those lo- guitar rap. But mashups. That, 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 that's a good one, though. Yeah, that's a good that's one. That's brilliant. I think that's yeah. um, is that Pantera, I think. Or oh, is, is it? it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I might be wrong. Um, it just doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't do it for me. No. Well, that's fair enough. I, I, I probably haven't said enough about this album, actually. I, I, I would just like to say a little bit more about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair enough. Go on. Because I, I think, um, yeah, I want to justify. But, you know, I, I want to kind of get across that I do really, really love this album. And yeah. it was a big decision to put NWA in ahead of this. I think um, like this and Straight Outta Compton were the first two rap albums I, I ever heard. Um, NWA was first and this was second. And I and Danny, I, I think you must have had the, the exact same trajectory as me. Um, for ages, the only tape I had it was a uh, it was a C90 tape that had the Bomb the Bass album, half of Straight Out of Compton, and the and the first three tracks from this. 
Yeah. So for ages, I like this album cut out like halfway through um, Cold Lamp in with Flavor. Right. Yeah. And I only kind of, it was only like maybe like a year or so later that I think I must have like taped the rest of it off you. That's literally track four. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and whenever, like, it's one of those things, it's just stuck in my mind. I know exactly when it cuts off. Yeah. And I will always hear it. I can yeah. never unhear that. When you hit, when you listen to it back the full track. Yeah. I'm yes. with you. There, there's, there's, I've got loads of albums like and that. I've got, I've, got, I've, got, yeah. I've got a similar, exact, a really similar one with um, NWA Shadow Compton, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, with this, I, I can remember, given that, I mean, I won't tie with the same brush. I know you weren't, but about, you know, maybe six or nine months before this, I was listening to like New Kids on the Block and really and really enjoying that music and then kind of discovered this kind of stuff. Mm. And the difference, like this just blows your head off as a sort of 10 or 11 year old to hear this for the first time. Um, yeah. The fact that it had like, you know, air raid sirens in the opening, in the intro and stuff, it's just kind of, the kind of stuff that I thought, well, what, how is this like part of music? Yeah, they just sounded so abrasive and odd compared to all the kind of pop stuff that I yeah. was used to. It's just really, it's just yeah, get that kind of incredible like endorphin rush of listening to it for the first time that you never. That's how it gets you. Kind of get over really. It's just that's how it grabs incredible. you, and that's why you know you have devoted hip hop fans. It's things like that that grab you. It's so di- it's so different. Yeah, so attention grab. Even just yeah. like oh, that, that, that um, Terminator X, X to the Edge of Panic, like that that bit at the beginning where he cuts up like the Flash Gordon mm. theme. I used to get so excited by that kind of transform scratch. Mm. in that you know what I mean where it sort of yeah, where it, yeah. it kind of cuts it in and out <laughs> yeah. I just I, 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 that used to just blow my mind hearing yeah. that um, and it's just like prior to that like just the sound of scratching is such a cool thing to hear yeah. for the first time and it, I probably heard it before this I'm sure I was going to say I was going to say I'm sure New Kids on the Block were using a few scratches it was a bit of a trope by, by then yeah. but just like scratching is just one of those things that sounds so good Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's loads of really good good scratching on this I don't think Terminator X actually did a lot of it himself but if you oh. read the liner notes there are other, there's someone who's credited as like a rhythm scratcher all oh, right. Did Terminator X do anything? I don't <laughs> think so. No, I mean, he, he looked really cool, didn't he? He looked really cool. Yeah, I think he might just be a, like a stooge. He was just drafted like, in, like a figurehead, kind of like yeah. a totem sort of thing. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, just on the kind of um, on the negative tip, "Party for Your Right," which is just awful. It's got a really weedy guitar sample that sounds like it's from a Mega Drive game. Yeah. Just horrible. They've pitched it about, haven't they? Just create a kind of a melody with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but th- this this is a great album. It's re- it, like you say, it's really, really, really consistent. And the the only reason really that NWA got it for me is that I just the tracks that I love, I just love a bit more than the tracks on here. And actually, some of it I just find a little bit dull. As Steve was kind of alluding to, Chuck D isn't. 100% full throttle Chuck D on all of these tracks like he can tread water a little bit sometimes and yeah and he's a bit too I don't know maybe he's a little bit too cerebral whereas yeah, NWA is pure entertainment exactly it's you can understand like, what they're talking about like like we've said several times on this podcast with Chuck D like you just I haven't got a clue what he's on about half, no. the, half the time whereas you know you look like NWA is like watching Casino and watch and, and Public Enemy is like watching 
once upon a time schemes, in America. Yeah. You know, it's yes. the, 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 one's more entertaining than the other. One's popcorn, the other's a bit more thinky. More nutritional. There's more, yeah. no, more, more nutrients in public anime. Yeah, I think so. So the lineup for the semi-finals is De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, Ice T's The Iceberg, Easy's Easy Does It, and NWA Straight Outta Compton. Welcome back. You join us here, uh, pitch side at the Stade de France in Paris, um, where we are about to watch the semi-finals of the Hip Hop World Cup 1988-89 uh, play out before our very eyes. Um, Steve, you're about to make the draw for the semi-finals. Uh, who have you got with you there? Decided for this week to get somebody a bit more kind of football-related, actually, Danny. And um, yeah, so I was trying to find out um, some of the rappers that actually played football. And um, and I came up with a couple. Um, the game. Um, you probably won't know who he is because he's probably like. I know who the game is. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks of his I love. Yeah. Uh, Fifty Cent, apparently a good good athlete, and um, Wyclef John. They were all very very expensive. Not proper football though. Well, well, this is where you're not going to believe. In fact, have a guess. Who do you think I might have got then? This is an absolute iconic rapping footballer i reckon i know that puff daddy liked crystal palace because he thought it was a really like blingy name <laughs> is it puff daddy. daddy not puff daddy no um ian wright oh i know uh daddy cole no although andy cole did He's release the yeah. track he did, didn't he? yeah outstanding yeah that's a bit, bit crazy who is it then steve come on let's let's introduce him who have we got it's John Barnes. Oh, of course. Oh, he's my guest for later. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is quite handy because he can just do it live. Yeah. <laughs> there, there can be no excuses now, can there? For um, Yeah. If, if, yeah. In fact, you, you, you've just reminded me that I forgot to say that he's coming up later on, um, which is great because he can just do it live and we won't have any of those phone problems. No technical issues. Normally have. He's no right um, although, how although, are we going to Hang overcome? on, hang on though, because yeah, like normally we don't have the license to use to broadcast their voice or images when Steve's doing the draw with them, do we? So how would that work? Just nod your head, John. John, are you happy for us to interview you later? I think he's nodding. He's nodding. He's nodding. That's fine. Oh, right. Is that um, a can of LucasAid Sport you've got there, John? Isotonic. <laughs> John? He can't say anything. Just... What's he doing? He's kicking, a, kicking it into a bin, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to ask him to get on with it then, uh, Steve? Yeah, um, go then. The ball's coming out. So the ball's coming out. First one out of the hat is... It's ball number one, which is Dallas Soul. Okay. Against... Oh, the iceberg. De La Soul, they couldn't do uh, diametrically opposed artists uh, yeah. there against each other. Uh, De La Soul versus Ice-T. So the other match, we know what it is, but do you want to make it official? Well, yeah, this is obviously a very interesting matchup between EZE and, uh, well, it's really NWA against NWA. Oh, you could not write it. You could not make that up, could you? Absolutely that's, extraordinary. That's the romance of the cup, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
That is a big tie, isn't it? That's it's like mean. Sheffield United drawing against Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. in the Gosh, semi-finals yeah. of the Worthington Cup. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's start talking about that one then. The first match, De La Soul versus the Iceberg. I mean, Larry, give us your thoughts on that matchup. Well, I'll tell you about De La Soul and what I think about that one, because this is this is going to not go down very well with Steve Uh-oh. at all. <laughs> I kind of, I you know, Sorry. I went I went into this one sort of you know thinking, you know, I like the singles, but the rest of it just isn't for me. But actually, having listened to it, I came away thinking of it apart from those singles, which are exemplary. I think um, this is probably the most overrated hip hop album in all of history hot take klaxon yeah it's just uh it's yeah just so boring such a boring album wow okay well i i i I kind of think like larry i i didn't used to like this album i think i probably would subscribe to the same kind of view you've got at the moment because it's quite a like easy going, easy listening album. It's, it's almost like a mainstream. This is what you say if, if you like listen to, to, to rock and indie, if you pretend that you like hip hop, it's like, oh yeah, I like Dead Soul. Yeah. But I don't know, listening it, back to it, I actually, I actually do like this album. It's the hip hop album for non hip hop fans. Yeah, I just, it's just, it's long and it's laden with, I mean, they, they, Kind of ushered in the era of um, skits. Like skits, didn't they? And they just, they just didn't do them well from day one. And I think, like when we were talking about De La Soul is dead, I think Danny said something like that. It kind of feels like they're telling a private joke that you're not in on. And I, I think I really feel that on this, just with, with all the kind of little skits, it's just. Well, uh, actually, do you know what, yeah. Larry? You're really worrying me now because you know I. Going back to listen to this album, I used to hate the skits on it because they're just like, just to ruin it. But actually, mm. I made a note for this saying, actually, you know what? I don't think the skits annoy me anymore. And actually, right, so okay. now I'm like really worried that I've got the wrong idea about this album. So what what is it you, you do love about this album then, Steve? I think it's actually out of place in 1989. It, it, it doesn't feel like a 1989 album when you listen to the to the rest of the track uh, albums. Sorry, that we've we've chosen. That's really true. That, that, that it's original. Like I, I can't I can't original. deny them that. But actually, I also think it's a really refined album. I think Prince Paul is is actually an ex- excellent producer. You know, I really like his his stuff, and I like you know Prince of was it was it Prince of Thieves? Prince Among Thieves. Pr- Prince Among Thieves. Prince Prince, Prince Among Men. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, no, Prince Robin Hood, Prince of Tides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this this one this is this is actually a very original album. It's fresh and it is fun. And I think maybe when I've listened to it before, I've had kind of like more of a listening of like more kind of hardcore late nineties, early two thousand hip hop. And that's maybe why I haven't appreciated it as much. But going back to this one now, I think I mean, yeah, of course like the singles that you said, Larry, are really good, like say no go. It, it it's what a beat. That is an amazing beat, an amazing yeah. sample. And actually as a as an album that probably this is where the best rapping happens in say no go but then i know is a real head nodder i think i know is that i think i know is just an absolute you know mastery of sample collage yeah. like the way they fit those tracks together is just 
better, you know, as good as anything that the Bomb Squad ever did, just in a different, with a different sonic palette. It's perfect, isn't it? Absolutely. It's just so instant. You know, you can see why it was a pop hit because it's just, it's got all the right ingredients that's memorable Um, and everything just gels together so beautifully. And that, that's um, the thing that worries me is that pop hits I used to kind of avoid. I used to avoid yeah. albums and artists that had pop hits on. Well, but you this, know, but they're, they're pop hits because they're good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Often. But I, I guess also this is the antithesis of, of, of Straight Out of Compton, the DOC, Ice Cube, and uh, Ice T, sorry, and Easy. But when you when I really looked at this album, none of the rhymes really kind of stand out in the same way that, that, that Big Daddy Kane or Cool Keith really stand out. Yeah. It, they're kind of like melodic and they do flow nicely. Ostenus is definitely the better rapper. He he probably raps more than um, than Trugoy, but you know, I don't, yeah, I, I he's it's just quite talk, forgettable. I'm really rapping, doubting myself. It is forgettable rapping, definitely. I, I'm really kind of doubting myself maybe now about how much I like this album. Yeah, so, you're doing what I did with De La Soul is Dead. You like you, you think you like this album and mm. you know you like this album from previous experience or knowledge and then you actually think about it and consider it and you realise that you didn't like it quite as much as you thought you I, did. I, I think, I mean, some people absolutely love De La, don't they? Like our mate Rob's a big De La yeah. fan. We, we were kind of always more tribe. But I, I think... I think if this album didn't have those standout singles on it, I just wonder if you ever would have heard from them again. I don't think but, you'd have ever heard of them again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a lovely idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, l- listen. All right, okay. So let's. I'm like you. I think. In fact, I've written a little rap, a little rhyme that, that sums it up. Oh, okay. Packed with hits, but too many skits. Yeah. Uh, basically that's that's how Nails i break it, it down Nails there's it. so many great tracks on it like we said the magic number um i know say no go me myself and i right that's just the singles and you've got all the other ones buddy well that was a single as well but there's so many great good good, good stuff on here but as a, as an album listening experience it's too convoluted it's quite hard work to get through all those skits i think yeah. if you condensed it down same thing as what we said about the, you know their second album you'd have a really really solid album even all the other you know the, the proper songs condense all of them down onto an album i think you might have a much stronger proposition but you know i i do like i, I like all these uh you know a lot of the singles i like i like the production i think prince paul is very innovative like we said it's not you know it's not yeah. it's not like anything that you'd heard before it came out um, the sort of origin of the samples where he's sampling from not a lot mm. of people were taking those sort of samples it was all James Brown and Funk and that sort of stuff but he's taking yeah. things like the Turtles and you know so they like um, more Steely Dan Steely Dan hippie, hippie-ish yeah. type yeah. Uh, samples and I think it's really innovative really different and I think that's what's helped it stand the test of time among the hip-hop uh, lovers um, just how different it was it's ahead of its time I think I think that's a really good observation yeah and um but Dan, if, not, if I'm going to be devil's advocate here, your rhyme packed with hits, or was it too many skits? Too many skits. That, that's really like how Ice-T raps. It's quite simplistic. And so... Yeah, but he's got no got, skits on it, though. Apart from Black got, and Decker. You've got a really kind of cohesive... Yeah, but Ice-T's got style, though. He's got he's got a kind of a weird charisma, like that, that like they are completely, for me, just don't have that. They're just... I don't know the kind of a lot of their stuff was just wrapped up in their like visual image as well. I think which they obviously kind of didn't 
they kind of went on to say that they kind of you know regretted that i think but i don't know it just it's to me it's you know i know this is i know this is rich coming from you know from me but it's just it's a white middle class kind of students album do you know what i mean it's just it's that yeah. it's the kind of it's the kind of album that if you you know people that w- wouldn't have dared listen to public enemy or nwa at the time this comes along and it's far it's kind of okay to listen to yeah. you know what, larry I, I i've never heard anyone say before that but that is not, not and, i mean i am yeah. of those three things i am only white i, I was never a student I'm, I'm not middle class but um <laughs> it's the hip-hop album it's okay to listen to and was okay to listen to back then yeah yeah and okay. pe- and and, prob- and probably like our wives would recognize songs yeah. from it absolutely but th- none of this should really detract from the qu- some of the quality the quality of some of the stuff on this album i mean we need to just we're, we're talking we're looking down on it we're talking down about it but there is some absolute timeless stuff on this album that I don't think it would be fair to overlook. But I do think there's there's so much good stuff on this album. It, you know, it's not considered a classic for no reason. Yeah, if, if, if I'm if I'm going to be really fair to this album, it is ahead of itself production-wise. I, you know, maybe only only I've said this, but I think lots of the albums here sound like they're in the '80s. This doesn't necessarily sound like it's in the 80s. You could, you could argue this was an early 90s album, which I think is a credit to Principal more than anything else. It's, yeah. it, it's yeah. really quite refined in how it sounds. Yeah, no, I'll go along with that. It's quite advanced. And I don't know whether you could say the same thing about The Iceberg. You know, is it a particularly progressive album? Uh, probably not. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a continuation of what Ice-T was doing on his previous albums in terms of production and subject matter um but it was obviously working um and i think this album just has a real personal attachment for me like i say it's one it was among those little first cluster of albums that i listened to um i had it recorded on like a c90 tape and it was one of those sort of secret albums that was like illicit tapes that you had back in the day that was passed around the classroom and we used to listen to it on the back of the bus on school trips and stuff um, and it was one of those things, it was almost like stumbling upon, I don't know, just some, like something you weren't supposed to be listening to, or like it, was, it wasn't it was allowed, it was, you know, your parents didn't know you had it. And so you had things like, you know, the iceberg, let's say, with the title yeah. track, with the sex rhymes and stuff like that. And like you were listening to it, God, God I hope my mum and dad don't, hope they don't hear me listen to this and stuff like that. And that was yeah. the appeal of this album for me. Yeah. It was almost like you had this thing that you weren't supposed to be listening to. Uh, but on top of that, the rhymes were so good, um, and the way he delivers them, and the beats. I mean, the beat on the iceberg. <laughs> I just love that sample. Yeah, it's great. That's oh, great, isn't great. it? But I love it. So it's almost like cartoony. It's really sl- kind of sleazy, sleazy kind of sounding, isn't it? Yeah. And again, like we said in the previous, yeah. it was, it's also sampled by Run DMC and back yes, from, of uh, course, back from yeah, yeah, the, Ave, yeah. the Avenue, which yeah. is a great track. Just a great, great sample, and I think yeah. it used to really good effect on this to the point where I I can recite all of the rhymes on that track. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. I mean. I think so I, 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 I will take these like lyrics to the grave with me, like these ridiculous <laughs> stories yeah. about like Donald D, Donald D, and, and Charlie yeah. Jam. It's absolutely, it's so memorable. It's timeless. That that one track is so good. But then it, it carries on with you know stuff like "You Played Yourself," which yeah, uh, I loved. It used right. "Sobbles the Boss" by James yeah. Brown. 
Um, a guy who tried the... to kill me, which is again another one of those guitar yeah. heavy metal tracks <laughs> yeah. hybrids. Yeah. But again, it just because because the subject matter is so funny. Yeah. And he's doing it with his tongue firmly in cheek. It's it kind of works. Um, and then you get into the sort of the second half, hit the deck. This one's for me. You get into more kind of classic '80s drum machiney kind of up tempo quite thin sounding yeah it's, it's front it's, loaded it, definitely. It's, it's front loaded it falls off a little bit but he's it's still there's still enough stuff there to kind of make this album appeal to me and then he gets obviously gets the freedom of speech where he starts talking about the whole tipper gore and see dolores tucker thing about them getting outraged about hip-hop and yeah you know they're trying to deny them freedom of speech and things like that so i think there's a little bit of um a conscious rap going on there he's not just all about guns and drugs and stuff so yeah uh so i think on the whole the, the iceberg you know I, it's just one of those albums i just absolutely love and will always love and uh so what yeah got you what do you think about this one the iceberg i'm i'm the same i think you know it again it's like the, it it puts its best tracks you know up front and center up until about the girl tried to kill me and after that it's sort of you know downhill a bit but yeah i i think just to cut you know those those tracks like the iceberg and um the girl tried to kill me um it kind of came at that time of life when you were just kind of starting to realize that there was such a thing as sex yeah and to hear the and, to, and for one of your early introductions to that subject to be these kind of songs it just kind of made it sound like terrifying somehow yeah. and like unrealistic didn't, un, didn't, under, didn't understand some of the things that he was yeah kind of saying yeah 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 it set you up it, for it was only, only sort of only like a, a year or two that i was like all oh, right that's that's what he meant yeah 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 absolutely I, I think this is for those reasons um you know the sort of subject matter this is a this is an album designed to be passed around a classroom on a hissy scene Death. Definitely, it's it's because th this is the sort of thing that happens with a lot of these albums. NWA, Eze, they came out around the time that we were getting into hip hop. We were of that age where we were finding yeah. out about some of these things, and the way we were introduced to these albums on those tapes being passed around, it kind of influenced, you know, how we felt about them to the point where it feels weird listening to them on a crisp digital yeah. CD these days. Yeah, it's like, got to be nice and hissy. It's got to be nice and hissy. You've only got to listen to the first five tracks because that was all you had on the, yep. on the first side of the C90. And the way you get introduced to these things says a lot about your feelings towards them. And I think that's happened to at least at three of these albums here because we were of that age when they came out. Yeah. Um, Steve, what do you think about The Iceberg? Yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't listened to it until recently and, um, and I do like it. I, I think Ice-T is a good... He's not an exception rapper, but the way he kind of rhymes is quite simple, but it really works for him because I think like you said earlier, Larry, he's, I think he's got the, like the charisma to kind of like pull it off. And when he goes, when he goes slow and simple, it really works. And that there's some times when he kind of goes a bit faster, it just doesn't kind of like work for me. And, um, you know, he's kind of like, he's running his stride on this album. This is his third album. He's kind of really revved up and it's just like good standard Ice tea for it's me. His best album, I think, for me. I think so. Yeah, I, it's, it's between this and OG, but I, I, don't know. I also, I also love to star this album. Shut up, be happy. It's just yeah, like, it's brilliant, isn't it? So memorable. That's, um, that's Black Sabbath. That's yeah, Black Sabbath. Yeah, it's yeah. Funny. I used to love the way it came in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so right. Well, should we vote then? Gents, I mean, um, yeah. it's about that time. Just be just um, before we get to that, um, I, I, meant, I meant to mention this when we were talking about uh, the DOC. Um, the DOC and Ice-T have something in common. Do you, do you know what that is? 
Um, it's something that's very famous about iced tea that also applies to the DOC. Go on. It is. They are both called Tracy. Uh, not only not only that, but they both also have girls' middle names as well. <laughs> I always I, I always knew that Ice T was called Tracy Marrow. He's called Tracy Lauren Marrow. And um, what were his parents thinking? I have no idea. And then um, the DOC is called Tracy Lynn something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? Like, like, like life isn't hard enough in South Central LA. Yeah. You know. There's obviously something about the name Tracy because there's these two. There's Tracy Morgan as well. Yeah. Tracy obviously isn't a, just a girl's name in America, much like Hillary or Vivian aren't here. Uh, it's one of those things. Maybe they don't find it quite as funny in America as, they, as we do here. I think the I idea of a man being that. called Tracy. Tracy is one of the, like, the hardest rappers, in my opinion. You, you, you... If, if I uh, I wouldn't want to meet him going down a dark alley no alright so um, let's vote on this one uh, De La Soul versus uh, the iceberg uh, Larry what are you going for uh, 100% iceberg on this one Steve oh crikey well before we did the World Cup I would have said De La Soul now I'm not so sure um Okay, I'm go- I am going to say Dada Sola. I think the reason I'm going to say it is because I just think it is a more refined, innovative, forward-thinking uh, album. And I-, I think I always have to come back to what album would I like to take away on a desert island? Is it Iceberg or Three Feet High? I think it would be Three Feet High, so I'll go for that. Okay, so that's one all, so I've got the- kind of got the casting vote the- here. The very thought of being on a desert island with Three Feet High and Rising. I know it's not a great thought, but I think I'd rather have that than than the iceberg, unfortunately. Yeah, you wouldn't have anything to play it on, but you just have the have the CD. Um, I would know more of the tunes in my head, so that's 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 a good point. So definitely Dallas Hill. Yeah, I think um, it probably won't surprise you to learn that I'm going to go for Ice Tea, the iceberg as well. Um, I, I feel like I'm betraying the hip hop community. Who probably all love De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. It's, it's a Hall of Fame album. I, they, they think they like you know, Three they Feet think High they like Rising. It. If they listen, if they actually listen to it, yeah. so well, it's all in good looking at that really cool cover yeah. on, a t- <laughs> on a on a T-shirt. Yeah. But when you're actually listening listening to it, it's a d- different matter. Yeah, and and you know, if we if you just said to somebody those hundred hip hop fans again, you know, oh yeah, no, we're we're putting uh, the iceberg through it over De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. What do you think about that? We would probably get run out of town with pitchforks and uh, torches but uh, I just I just have an emotional connection to the iceberg that I don't have to De La Soul and they didn't help themselves by putting too many skits on that album so I think yeah I'm going iceberg which means Ice-T sails through to the Hip Hop World Cup final On to the big one, uh, the second semi-final uh, in the Hip Hop World Cup. It almost it weighs heavy on my shoulders to even say it, but it's easy, easy does it versus MWA's Straight Outta Compton. Uh, two albums very much in the same mould. 
probably recorded not too far apart. Steve, um, uh, this is a, this is a big big moment, and I think you need to start on this one. The voice of sanity. Yeah, thank you for coming to me first because I I don't know which way to go with this one. I think so. You two are definitely the kind of NWA experts here. So let me just give a quick rundown on, on what I think about both albums. So. Easy does it, first of all. So, like I said earlier, it, it, it is really an NWA album, a NWA album, isn't it? It's it's quite a short album. Um, it's difficult. I think, like on this album, MC Ren is the best rapper. It, it's on like, Easy E's album. Or yeah, I, I think Easy is is definitely like. Um, we've already kind of said this. He he, he gets his rhymes spoon fed to him. He probably practices them and raps them, but. You know, I think like Ruthless Villain is probably probably my favourite track on there, and that's because it's MC Ren rapping, and I don't know that that, that kind of makes me think: oh, is this really is this really an easy album? It says something, doesn't it, when he, he devotes a whole track, Ruthless Villain, isn't it? It's just MC Ren on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, on his own album, he lets MC Ren have a whole track, yeah. and it, and it is a really good track. I mean, there's lots of quotable stuff on there. And then he's also kind of got the Boys in the Hood remix on there, which is kind of like regurgitating stuff. Um, and then there's like a couple of tracks on there, I think, maybe like too, I don't know, self-indulgent, because you've got Easy Does It and We Want Easy, which are kind of like nice, kind of like, I don't know, they're a bit more kind of uplifting, well, not uplifting, maybe it's not right, like up-tempo, but slightly more kind of happier tunes from your kind of like normal gangster stuff that you kind of get. So, I don't know, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. And then, I think we, we need to probably have the most debate about Straight Out Compton because we haven't really talked about the fact that this is this is probably the, the best three tracks that any album has. I think, yeah. In, in- what, what's, your, what's your history of this album, Steve? Um, this is an album that I listened to when I was, I think I was probably about 13, uh, and it was in Jamie Davidge's house. And he, said, <laughs> he said, "I've got, I've got this, um, I've got this NWA album." I was like, How, "Who NWA?" And he told me what it stood for, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I got it from Danny." And I was like, "Okay, let's let's listen to it." And it and it was what you're saying, right? It was literally mind blowing, you know. And I've gone from like listening to like. KLF and um, you know just like pop stuff to like then hearing NWA it it is like it's, you, you go through this like threshold of your like listening like you said earlier Larry that was, that was so kind of like uh, reminiscent of what happened to me yeah and um, and when you hear F the police for the first time you're like are they allowed to say that yeah. are they allowed to do this is that even possible for, for, for that to happen and I think there is there is more happening in those first first three tracks of Straight Out Compton than there is in, in so many albums in total because, you know, you've got, I mean, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre are really the kind of strength of those three tracks because Ice, Ice Cube goes first on all three of those tracks. Yeah. Like Straight Out Compton is an absolute classic. And I think, you know, if the three of us were able to do some karaoke, we would wrap that all the way through without any problem. But the Amen break on that track is just amazing. And yeah. Ice Cube is, that is just phenomenal. And then you get Ren coming in and then you get Easy coming in. It's just amazing. It's incredible. So just going back to the bit where you said about like 
knowing all the words to it. Like I was walking around the park earlier on, <laughs> walking the dog, and I was just just refreshing my memory of this album. And I, every single word, and I was walking around. Yeah. I must have looked like some absolute simpleton walking around, sort of doing the lyrics uh, uh, as I was walking around next to a play park, which wasn't good wrapping this album. But um, yeah, it's so memorable. It's the lyrics are just so memorable. It's like you, are- if you're a hip hop fan, you know all the or you know all the lyrics to the first three songs in this album. Yeah. The thing is, though, I think once you once you get straight out of Compton out of the way, then you go into F the Police, and then Ice Cube absolutely kills it on that first on the first verse. It's just like, I mean, I don't think that song would be so popular if Ice Cube hadn't gone first and with all those kind of memorable lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it does the same on Gangster Gangster. I mean, that is his. He just raps all the way through that. Apart. Oh, from, it's the three. Honestly. Gangster, gangster. His his lyrics on that. That's that's my favourite track yeah. on the album, I think. And also the, the actual hook. So there's a bit before the actual chorus. Uh, I'm the type of thing that's built yeah. to last. That bit. Yeah. That, that's yeah. just. I mean, that is genius. Because yeah. you remember it. It's a little bridge. Yeah. And then it goes into the actual chorus. But the rest of the verses is just brilliant as well. But what's even better though is the end, Danny. When you kind of you get to that bit where it kind of goes into that Ohio Players sample, and then Easy mm. comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, his voice is so perfectly matched to that yeah. sample as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an absolute masterclass. Those three tracks are just holy grail hip hop tracks, three in a it row. Is, and to have that at the start of your album, I just you know, it, it's, it's, it blows my mind. Really, I mean, this is the this is the first album we ever heard, wasn't it, Danny? It was. We were yeah. Again, coming back to the old hearing things on a hissy C ninety, being passed <laughs> around the classroom. Uh, it was it, yeah, it was straight out of Compton. F the police, gangster, gangster. I think it might have gone down as far as if it ain't rough or parent of discretion is advised. I think it was one. I think it had the first five tracks on there. My the, t- the tape that I had went up as far as um, um, something like that. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I just in my head, I had it. I had it that it was the first five tracks on there. For that reason, that's kind of influenced my opinions about this album as a whole going forward. Yeah. Uh, no, like, sorry, Compton's in the house. We we, we had, house. had it up to Compton's okay. in the house, yeah. All right, so yeah, th- this is how we were introduced to it. It was passed around. This was one of our first sort of introductions to the world of hip hop, and like it was unlike anything I'd ever heard. Like we 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 would sort of go around to each other's house and just go, have you heard, like, have you heard this? Like listening to it on those little cassette players, you know, yeah. mini cassette players. Well, I, I had like I had like a little um, single cassette kind of. Recorder, as you yeah. as you know, Danny, we used yeah, to record yeah. stuff on little skits onto it. But I had that, and I had a um, I don't know where I got it from, but I, I had like a headphone that was just one earpiece. It was like a mono earpiece, really rubbish. And I remember listening to that album in my room, making sure the door was shut on my little earpiece with the volume all the way down, like terrified that my dad would hear it because i was i i i think i actually thought it was like some kind of like a legal tape yeah yeah because of all the stuff all the stuff they were saying like boasting about murdering people and selling drugs and stuff like that like how you couldn't you weren't allowed to do that on a record surely so it must be illegal and exactly and right there and, and, and right there is the reason it's so popular that's the reason why it endures that that's why it was seared into our memories because it was unlike anything we'd ever heard before yeah but um, when, you, when you say that but when you when we when we take it into the context of the whole of rap those first three tracks are phenomenal and we were lucky to be able to listen to three tracks that were like you know yeah 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 completely totally agree with that i will um, say though I, I to me i know 
I think it's a bit of a kind of trope that only the first three tracks are any good. I, li- I like this album all the way through. There's a few kind of, um, a few, you know, obviously not all of them are as good as the first three, which are all solid five out of fives. But If it Ain't Rough is really good. Practice Discretion of the Vise is really good. Um, Eight Ball I Love. Um, Express Yourself is a, is a classic. Um, I Ain't the One I really like. That kind of sounds like something that could have been on America's Most Wanted. Yeah, okay, I think that. really like that. Dope Man's really good. Um, I just I like it. I, I like it pretty. I like pretty much all of it. I can I, listen to it all the way through, and it yeah, it, it does trail off, but it's all good. Those first three are just standouts, and it, it wouldn't I, surprise me if those first three were recorded last. They just sound. They're just more advanced sounding. Yeah. I definitely don't feel like I think the first four tracks are brilliant and express yourself with it, it is great as well. The rest of yeah. it is kind of just okay or forgettable and, and, and I don't know, it's I think the fact that it's such a groundbreaking album and everything is kind of so shocking and well produced on there kind of like mitigates against the fact that some of those tracks aren't as good as they perhaps you want it to be for to be a, there are some on there that are filler, definitely. Sort of Compton's in the house and Quiet on the set are just sort of, you know, you, you could do without those. But most of my love, I'd say one thing that always stuck in my mind is on parental discretion is advised. You've got that bit right at the end where one of them shouts, shut the, like, shut the F up. Yeah, yeah. And I always assumed when we first got that, because the, the tape that we got was from our friend Richard's cousin who lived in Warrington. And I was assumed it was him, like shouting at the end, like as you sort of would sometimes just yeah. put something on a tape that you'd made for somebody. I thought it was, or like for, for ages, I thought it was him kind of doing that until I got the CD, really. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect album for a, you know, what were we, 11, 12 year old to, to, yeah. to listen to. It's just, you know, it's mind blowing for kids of that age to listen to something like that because it's like the secret thing that you, you know, it's, it's almost so illicit. Taboo, it? Yeah, it's so, so taboo, but it just that that increased the uh, you know the status of this album. It increased how you felt about it. I mean, but you know, go back to what you said, Larry, about it only the first three tracks being good. I, I'd go as far. I'd say it was up to parental discretion as advised. And right. after that, for me personally, and this is why I've never loved it as much as I love their second album, it tails off. Like, I don't like 8-Ball, I don't like something like that. Express Yourself, obviously, classic. Compton in the House, don't like that. Yeah. I, I ain't the one's okay. And then Dope Man, quite on the set, something to dance to. No, thank you. So I just, there's, there's not enough. It's not sustained enough all the way through the album for me to consider this, you know, one of my favourite albums. I always thought it was a slightly controversial opinion that I had that I don't really like this album, like that as an album. I think a lot of people feel that way, that yeah. it's just, it's front-loaded with those three tracks. And it, right. and it definitely is, but for me personally, I still like a lot of the rest of it yeah. as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, like, I can go I can go up to the first five because parental discretion is advised that was on the tape that we had. And so I, it was just so familiar yeah. to me. And that's another one of those uh, pretend live tracks where they're playing the live drums and stuff yeah um uh you know so it's it's not you know i don't love it but there's the the, the good stuff on here is really good like all-time favorites um so in terms of you know how it com- compares with easy E's album i mean as i said earlier i i generally don't really like this easy album it's another one of those that we heard on a tape passed around but from our friends and like obviously still talking nobody move are brilliant. They're, they're yeah. so good. They are that classic kind of really naughty Dr. Dre 
track yeah. that he produced, Easy E doing his thing. And, you know, hearing those for the first time, I, I used to love them thinking, oh, this is amazing. And I think the album just tells off. I mean, the only good ones going forward, are the, like for me, are like We Want, maybe Radio. Um, but again, yeah. there's too many of those um, drum machine tracks, very of his time, very dated, haven't aged very well. Um, and when- so I think I think they're I think they're better than most of the other albums of, at the time that kind of employed similar tactics, though. Yeah, they might maybe. I think but Dre I just, just, elevates just it a bit generally, more. I don't really like that sound. I don't like that sound with the, yeah. with the hard drum machines and sort of empty with no, nothing behind them, no music. Well, little music behind them, or maybe just one stab or something. I can't, I can't really get on board with that sort of hip hop as much as I can. Yeah. Some of the sort of the more fuller tracks that are on, NW, on Straight Out Compton, you know, where there's lots of production going on, lots of music, live bassline and stuff like that. It's a, it's a bit empty, a bit sparse. Yeah. Um, and I just I really never love Easy Does It. Um, so this is going to be quite an easy one for me to vote on. Um, yeah. See, I was fan it, fan it again. It, yeah, it's not as it's not as good as Straight Out Compton, but for me, it's it's a little bit like it's definitely it's better than DOC. I think. Would you kind of? Yeah. Would you go, yeah, along, I'd with go along with that? I'd go along with that. I think it's got the better the better beats and the better or the more charismatic rapper. I, lo- I always really liked the, like the intro to it. it. Sounded really kind of creepy. It had that. Um, I think it's like a Parliament sample, isn't it? Right at the beginning. Yeah. It's got the, that like, sort the of organ. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, yeah, and it's got like a woman kind of making a weird sort of wailing noise. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds really odd. And like, oh, what the hell is this? I think even the um, one that I do, even the even the ones I do, like, still talking that for it keeps getting interrupted by that. They keeps cutting to them chatting around like they're old black men sat around on the stoop. Yeah, you know, doing those impressions of those like old uncles or whatever it is. Yeah, I really like that. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fun, but even that just sort of detracts a little bit. For me, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't really like. I don't like. I think that kind of. I think that adds to it. It's just like a, a, a classic sort of Dre yeah. trick of adding sort of the, just these little production kind of um, yeah. embellishments that he kind of puts in into things, and they're, yeah. they're you know really kind of well done. As the kind of you know like the court scene in like F the Police. Yeah, yeah. no, I, that I'm kind of here. thing. But so it's a good example of Dre's uh, Dre's work. So, are we ready to vote then, chaps? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with. Well, I'm going to go first this time. I think um, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to go for NWA straight out of Compton. It's an easy one for me, Steve. Yep. Same for me. Yeah. Harry. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. It is NWA for me. I mean, Easy Does It scored pretty high for me. Um, the second highest kind of scoring of all of the albums apart from nwa actually but yeah i have to go with share compton for it it's just it's a similar album but 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 much better yeah absolutely okay so there we have it that's your hip-hop world cup final for 88 89 we've got uh ice tease the iceberg against nwa straight out of compton Okay, welcome back. You join us here, pitch side once again at the Stade de France in Paris. Uh, we're about to uh, witness the Hip Hop World Cup final between Ice T, Tracy Marrow, and uh, NWA's Straight Out of Compton. Um, gentlemen, it's been a great World Cup so far, isn't it? A lot of uh, 
great music we've talked about. There's some um, controversies. Some controversies, um, some heated debates. It's been great. Uh, but it's all come down to this now. This final uh, ice teased iceberg versus then do straight out of Compton. Um, should we get straight into it then? Um, Steve, how do you think these two compare these albums? Well, oh, it's hard It's hard to know what to say really because I didn't expect either of these albums to get to the final. Um, I kind of thought Strata Compton might have a bit of a chance. Um, they're both kind of gangster rap albums. Um, it's a good point, isn't it? Like you wouldn't have expe- like if you had said to anyone you wouldn't expect Ice TC Iceberg to get through. And I think much like England's progress through the Russia World Cup in 2018, um, it's come up against some. You know, it's, it's, it's had a good route. It's had a kind route through. You know, Actually, like I think it's benefited from perhaps NWA and PE meeting in the first round, kind of snuck snuck through. Yeah, um, and Ice T surprises me surprises me all the time. He's not one of my favourite rappers, but he does seem to do better than I expect. So. It's nice to see him in the final. Um, I, I just think NWA have got the firepower with with their tracks and their rappers and their producers. I think this is going to be pretty one-sided, really. I, I, I can't see any way that it's, I... The uh, thing is, it's, it's not really a fair matchup, is it? Like, you've got one good rapper up against, like, five good rappers and, and the best producer. Yeah. Well, he didn't really stand I, a chance, did he? Ice T. Yeah. Who, who who is the best NW rapper? Because I, I I don't I don't think that I like Easy is like I don't know he is charismatic and he's kind of like working different, but I don't think he's a great rapper. I'm gonna say yeah. I think we can rule out Easy being the best rapper in NWA. Who is the best rapper then? Because all right, let's let's drill down on it then. So who do you think it is? Well, I'm guessing it's going to be. You were going to say Ice Cube, but I'm I'm not Ice Cube's biggest fan. I mean, MC Ren sounds quite good, but then Doctor, whenever Doctor Dre raps, he always sounds good. But then I, I love always, Doctor Dre on the mic. It's not fair. It's not fair choosing Doctor Dre because he doesn't he doesn't write his own raps. It's like yeah, but he still delivers them in a really good way. Yeah, yeah, he does. I, to be honest, yeah, I think if you if you said to me who would you rather hear rapping, Ice Cube or Doctor Dre, I'd probably say Doctor Dre. Yeah. So are you saying Dr. Dre's the best rapper in NWA? He's not the best rapper because he doesn't write his own raps. So I'm going to say Ice Cube. Okay. I think there's some, um, the purists out there, they might they might just go for MC Ren. Because he's always yeah. been, been you know, he goes under the radar, but he's a very, very competent MC. Um, and he really comes into his own on the second album. But I think I think on the first album, I think you're going to be really hard pushed to find anyone that would say, Ice Cube isn't the best rapper yeah. of the group on that album. He's just, he commands every track. The first three tracks are are, are amazing because of him. Amazing, they are amazing. But mostly because of him. His verses are the ones you mostly remember. Like I, when it got to some of the bits of Ren's, I, I got lost a bit and easy. I don't remember them all, but Ice Cube's are the ones, the memorable ones. And he delivers it with such authority. I just, it's, yeah, it's gotta be Ice Cube. His, his skill, Ice Cube versus Ice T as well. I mean, the skill that Ice Cube can bring to to his rhymes, to his delivery, to the, the he's just such a more complex, skilled rapper. Yeah. Tell you what, I, Ice T can't hold a candle to any of them. He's like he's he's no. they're light years ahead, aren't they? They are, and like, even, it's even like even like Dr. Dre. Yeah, he's a much no, better rapper than absolutely Ice-T. much better than Ice T. But you know, if we hold, if it's a rap competition. Mm. 
just wrapping, then yeah, I mean, iced tea doesn't even come anywhere near any of them. Um, also production, Africa. Oh, also production. Nowhere near Dr. Dre. Nowhere near. Yeah. I do I do really like the stuff on the iceberg, though. There's, there's some really good beats on there. I like, like, you know, like we said earlier, the iceberg's got a great, great um, sample. Yeah. Really good track. Um, I love the beat on Lethal Weapon. It's kind of really, really hyped up kind of thing. Um, you played yourself another great track, like production wise. Peel the Caps Back has got that sort of really nice atmospheric kind of yeah. like John Carpenter horror type of yeah. vibe to it. There's loads of really memorable sounding yeah. tracks on there, I think. I, I agree. I th- there's a couple that, that kind of remind me of the sort of thing that we might have made if we had the equipment back in. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> in that era. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it might maybe leave the weapon. Like it's just uh, the baseline. It kind of reminds me of something. You know, sort of a, it's a bit Mega Drive, isn't it? It's a bit Mega Drive. Um, and, but I'll tell you one thing I do like is... But I like um, it. You know, I mentioned Black & Decker earlier on that skit. Yeah. Uh, the sound effect they get. Yeah, of the brilliant. drill going in like what yeah. the hell did they do to get that that's yeah. absolutely out of this world as much as we love the iceberg i don't think it can hold a candle to nwa no um, really uh and i think this might be a foregone conclusion yeah. um but should we do it anyway should we vote should we make it official yeah uh steve what are you voting for and why i, I i'm just gonna have my parting shot before i vote so on, it is a travesty that we've got the one of the worst rappers and worst producers in the final when we have some of the best producers and best uh, rappers that didn't make the final. So um, it's an easy choice for me, NWA. Harry? Um, I, mean, I need to defend Africa Islam a little bit from from Steve's tir- <laughs> angry tirade there, I think. I think like half of the tracks on this album are really good. Um, one thing I did want to ask, actually, Danny, you probably know about this, but the um, the people that Ice T references, yeah. Donald D, Charlie Jam, Evil E, yeah. Beat, Beatmaster B, do, yeah. do, like, do they do they have their own like albums? Are they actually like Donald D like, did actual? Yeah, Donald D had Donald D had an album out. I think it was in like ninety ninety one or something, and he, he and he had a song on the Trespass soundtrack. Right. The movie that starred Ice T and Ice Cube. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I don't think. I mean, I certainly don't think Beatmaster B had an album <laughs> out. I know Evil Evil E was Ice T's DJ, so I'm oh, of course, pretty, yeah. pretty pretty sure that he didn't have any his own material unless yeah. it's an album of him just scratching stuff. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't think they. I don't really know. I mean, I, they might have gone on to bigger and better things, and they might have been, um, you know, might have gone behind the scenes and started being like huge music. Uh, Lawyers or something. Lawyers or something. Yeah, well, you know, like A and R's and stuff. Like the guy out of Bros, Craig yeah, out of Bros. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know is, is the answer to that question, but um, let's hope they they did well for themselves. I hope so. I'd like to think Charlie Jan's done quite well for himself. Yeah, despite what he got up to in that song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's on a ski lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm well. I mean, I'm going to vote for NWA out of those two as well. Uh, have you, have you both voted? I can't remember. I, I haven't, but I'm going to go for NWA. I think uh, yeah. Yeah, it has, has to be, doesn't it? It has to be really, you know, as much as we love the iceberg and, and the attachment we have to it, I think NWA is on the whole a better album, um, more iconic, uh, and just the first three tracks alone probably 
you know, are enough to elevate it. So, yeah. so there we have it. Yeah, three 0 win for NWA in in our Hip Hop World Cup uh, 1988-89 edition. Quick, um, quick, quick addendum: Charlie D- Charlie Jam has three credits, and they're all on Ice T albums. Really, co- according to Discogs, anyway. So none of his own none of his own material. Don't think it made it. Shame, wasted talent. Yeah, absolutely, wasted talent. Um, okay, well. Um, so our winner then is NWA Straight Outta Compton um, and joining us uh, in the studio there with Steve now and he's allowed to talk, thank goodness, is uh, to discuss our winning album and talk about his illustrious career is ex-England winger John Barnes. John. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you famously obviously rapped yourself on Liverpool's Anfield rap. Uh, a seminal work in itself and then obviously you went on to rap on the iconic World in Motion by New Order um, but what I wanted to ask you is how much did NWA Straight Outta Compton influence you um, on those two verses? Well first of all it's, I mean it was incredible and, and, and keeps it uh, John, once again, you, 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 I think I'm, I think we've got problems. I'm having a few problems with uh, John's mic. Uh, Steve, can you just give him? Can you just uh, adjust it? Just see if there's anything. Football. Yeah, I, I, do you want me to give him my microphone? Will that help? Oh uh, no, no, no. We're not legally not allowed to. Um, it's in his contract. <laughs> uh, this is so. This honestly, this is so frustrating. I had about ten questions lined up to ask him. Oh, he's done. Now he's walked. Oh, now he's walked off. Yeah, I was going to say he's getting. You got really angry with me then. Oh, oh well. Sorry, lads. Another failed interview. Um, I don't really know what to say. Well, we've got one. Uh, we've got one more attempt at it, haven't we? Next time. Yeah, we have to. Gonna just have to do it next time. I, I tell you what, I've got an absolutely phenomenal interview lined up for our oh, yeah. season can, finale show. Can you guarantee they're going to they're going to actually say something? I can't promise you anything. All I can do is book the talent and hope they turn up. Whatever happens after that is a bit of a lottery. Technically, uh, listen, guys. I know we haven't had much luck, but what, we are the, the last. The last show is going to be an absolute amazing experience. Please trust me. Trust me. Uh, all right. Well, that, that disappointment aside, listen. Um, if you agree with us or disagree, you want to vent your outrage at our at our winner. You want to ask us why the hell Ice Dizzy Iceberg got through to our World Cup final, uh, or you just want to share your thoughts on nineties hip hop in general, then uh, please do hit us up on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Hip Hop World Cup. Uh, But for now, thanks for listening. uh, And until the next episode, we are ghosts like Patrick Swayze. Peace. Gets to your thirst fast.